0: Planet Earth. Good morning to the people that are traveling through the mountains so high up using donkeys and pack horses. Good morning to the Sherpas carrying nice liberal white people to the top of Mount Everest. Good morning, Sherpas. They'll leave you to die. Good morning to the Sasquatch that. You know, took an oath about 10 or 15,000 years ago, the Sasquatch told the Neanderthal, We'll make them pay. Yes, it's April the 10th, 2022, and the date and age and time of Boblimtok. And wherever you are, it must be Boblimtok because it's 2022. And I'm just here drinking my fucking coffee, right? And talking to you about shit. In recent weeks, um, I've been thinking about this question of targeted individuals. And before I continue, I need to state for the record... I don't have any evidence that I fall into that classification. I can tell you that if it is the case, um, the whole process is really rinky-dink, really low rent, really trailer park, and it doesn't surprise me. You know, East Germany, East Germany towards the end of the Cold War, right before the Berlin Wall fell. In East Germany, neighbors were doing rinky-dink, you know, trailer park spy shit to each other. They were listening to each other's phone calls about that blowjob Goethe gave Friedrich. They were listening to Heinrich's masturbation fantasies as he talked to his mother, Guthrud, So do governments have a history of doing rinky-dink, trailer park, just really low-rent, espionage-type security operations on their own people? There is a very long history of all governments doing this, going back to the beginning of governments thousands of years ago. And our own government, in various forms, to include the FB fucking I, um, has done the same stupid shit for the last fucking hundred years. You know, listening to Martin Luther King have sex. I mean, I'm not really saying that's not important. Maybe Martin Luther King had something to teach us about, you know, banging. But why the fuck would you need to record that shit? Oh, to use against him. Like I said, low rent, rinky dink, trailer park, crackhead, bullshit. The kind of bullshit that just pisses you off, because it's so fucking stupid. Do I believe the US government can print enough money at this point to pay dumbasses to spy on their neighbors and report on their neighbors? You know, it takes a little bit of finesse, and probably an NGO. But the answer is, fuck yeah. So before I continue, I have no idea if these types of things have been directed at me. I'll tell you about a conversation I had in 2011. Which is interesting because right around the same time, I had a sibling recommend I have a podcast on YouTube. (laughs) That's funny looking back. This friend, who I believe died of ALS recently, last five, 10 years, I don't really know when. He wasn't a super good friend, but he was a friend. And I was talking to him in 2011 about my blog dendritica and I said listen I'm just gonna you know write about what I enjoy here's a example essay and he got back to me with this concept of the digital ghetto and he basically said what I was doing was pointless like everyone was being moved into Facebook and Twitter everyone was being rounded up What I was doing would never amount to anything, wouldn't be allowed to. It's not because I'm special, it's not about being special, but it's about the system having a message. And the message has to be reasonably consistent. And believe me, if you look at the primary message of American culture, pop culture, politics for the last decade, it's a mixture of, I don't give a fuck, and holy shit, let's worry about something that has no real you know, material weight. A combination of irrational fears and a lot of really stupid, crazy obsessions and a kind of quasi-post-apocalyptic nihilism thrown in. Or pre-apocalyptic, right? Pre, pre, pre. In 2016, I had an incident where I was grifted. I was taken advantage of Um, I was manipulated, but in order to be manipulated and this is important folks Because this is where we got to take ownership in order to be manipulated You have to be kind of in that place to be manipulated and you almost want to be which means that you want to believe the lies I was fed a lot of lies by a grifter in Ireland. I've already mentioned his fucking name enough So I don't need to mention it again And I was also taken advantage of financially And I don't know what the purpose was. When I look back in retrospect, the whole thing is too absurd in terms of even grifting. Like, I don't know how you make money doing what he did, but ultimately, somebody was paying him money. I mean, somebody was giving money to this fucking dude who supposedly was on the run from the law, had nearly murdered a friend in Japan, Um, was really into dating on crystal meth, and that's how he met his wife. I mean, when you go down the list of things he revealed when I was there, to include, he thought everybody was spying on him, but he wanted to create a worldwide cult called the Human Unity Movement with him him at its center, and he wanted to collect around him a kind of Jedi Knight cadre. And I got that out of five days in Ireland and believe me there's so much more but you kind of block it from memory because when you're 500 euros from dublin or dublin i don't give a fuck when it takes you 500 euros to get back there and by the way 12 hours of phone calls to find a fucking taxi driver to do it you kind of get a sense that you're stuck someplace now of course i figured out a way out i had a friend in indianapolis who kind of knew a guy and ultimately, I got a taxi. But the, the reality is this, folks. That event destroyed me financially. And where I was at psychologically after my divorce, it just made it worse. Um, but it was all random, right? Because you meet nice people on the internet. It's not a digital ghetto, right? And then some things happened in 2017, and I don't really understand them yet. I think I do, but I don't know for certain. What I will tell you is this. Some very strange events occurred in my life, of which partially I am definitely an agent. But they happened around me. And in that sense, I didn't control that. Like, I don't control other people. That would kind of imply a kind of weird paranoia beyond paranoia. Um, I'm just a normal fucking middle-aged piece of shit. So I have no supernatural powers. So there are things about 2017 I can assign to myself. And then there are things that I can't because I'm not God. What I will tell you is a series of really wretched things happened to me in 2017 too. And, and it in part was the result again of meeting people off the internet. At the time it's was like, I must just have really bad luck, right? I don't know and before I continue you you know I need to repeat this I've met a few people from my podcast donors a few donors um, who I think are real and good people and I can trust them but I gotta I gotta be honest with you there have been people that have come out of the woodwork in recent years and I don't know what the fuck they're up to so before I continue you need to know this there are good people that I guess you could say I met off the Internet But then there are these onesie-twosie people that were like, I don't know how to put it, existential claymore minds that left me limping and bleeding on the side of the road. And it just seemed like too much bad luck every year in a row. It seems too weird. It's possible that I just attract weird. It's possible that, that I'm just a piece of shit. There's a whole bunch of possibilities here before I continue. Last summer I started work on a financial project for a dude. This is a dude who I believe had wanted me to work on a crypto project to do classes or something. And the same fucking dude I'd said no. In fact, I think I'd said no to this guy before. And yet for some strange reason, you know, he wanted me to work on this project. This dude is connected, right? I mean, this is the message I got. Um, From this person recommending the dude, the dude is connected. He's successful. He's an anarchist like you. He believes in freedom like you. Much of this turned out to be total bullshit. I mean, I don't know what kind of a fucking anarchist he is or, or was or whatever, but he's the kind of anarchist that kind of loves the Federal Reserve Um, totally trust the government, has a deep state friend. We'll talk about all this. So if he is a fucking anarchist, he's a weird one. You know, just weird. Day one in Vegas, I ask him about the computer. Now I show up at the office. I got to say, this office isn't good or bad. It's just weird. Like it looks like the place you'd have a dental office, not some company that's into like, you know, investing and advising people on investments it it didn't look like that kind of place and ostensibly i was told you know he was really successful but then i got the mixed message that maybe things weren't so great on the other hand i also got the mixed message that things were fine if you want to if you want to say i was being fed contradictory messages the entire time i was there the answer is fucking yes and that's also a technique in mind control so you know When it comes to mind control and psychological warfare, a very useful technique, it's sometimes called gaslighting, is to introduce recursive, recurring, loop-like contradictory behaviors, all designed to keep you unsettled and basically incapable of rational thought, you know. And so, yeah. The first day I show up, I say, where's the computer? He tells me to go into a closet and just grab a computer. Now, I, he, he said himself he understood technology and he was so up to date. But he said, go grab a computer. And most of these computers, let me read the label. Oh, the, one, the, the computer that I ended up grabbing, I think, had a, had a licensing label from the year 2007. And this was 2021 Boblimtok. Which means, you know, 14 fucking years later, and as a dude of the dude of the dude told me, technology's moving so fast, Dan, it's just like a fantastic... Yeah, really, dude? Who recommended the dude? 14 fucking years. This is an, an important project for him. This is critical. He knows technology. Go grab some shitty computer from the, from the closet that may or may not work. Oh, fuck. But keep in mind, I had a pretty strong depression going on at the time. And when you're fucking depressed, baby... Almost any fucking anchor looks like a life raft. Go grab a computer from that nasty closet. We don't know if it works. We don't know if it works. I tried installing Linux on this computer several times, and I used very old versions, 32-bit, Nothing would take. I kept getting errors back from the computer telling me something I'd never seen before. Really weird error messages. The kinds of error messages you would see if there was some type of deep state trash installed on that fucking computer. Yeah. Go grab a computer from the closet. He said he followed something called Vonu anarchism, which I think means voluntary, um, you know, not vulnerable or something, which I don't know. It sounded made up at the time. In retrospect, it sounds kind of stupid, or rather, the philosophy of a nihilistic anarchist that doesn't give a shit, lives on the Death Star, is friends with Darth Vader. I mean, it more or less sounds like a shitty philosophy in general. But it doesn't sound like a courageous one. But he said he followed it. He was a Vonu style anarchist. That's why, you know, the, the dollar's gonna last forever, Dan, and I'm in the Microsoft, because I'm a Vonu anarchist. He thought the US dollar would never go away. Understand this, folks. If you believe that freedom is critical to human survival, there are a set of beliefs connected with that, and one of which, a corollary, is government always fails. So if you claim to think, a free society is superior to a tyranny and yet you come back again and again and again talking about how the tyranny can't be destroyed and it's a perpetual motion machine and the US dollar's always going to be here that's called an inconsistency you fuck you logical super smart you know whatever the fuck you are techno wizard fuck go grab the shitty computer from the closet we don't even know if it works fuck The U.S. dollar will never go away. I will tell you something right now. The reason why a lot of crypto folks creep me out is because they kind of hold the same belief. They have to. They have to believe in fiat. Without fiat, their shit wouldn't even be here. So a lot of fucking crypto anarchists will say, well, there'll always be fiat currency, but this will be a way for you to escape from it. Well, probably not, you fuck. I've worked with crypto. It's shit. It's a shitty platform. The blockchain is a fail. It is not decentralized. It is polycentric. If you don't know the difference between decentralized and polycentric, you deserve to be grifted just like I was. I deserve to be grifted too, buddy. And you deserve to be grifted also. If you don't want to learn the truth. An anarchist who says the U.S. dollar will never go away in 2021 talk, just as the U.S. dollar empire is vaporizing. An anarchist who wants to gaslight you into believing it's like the 1970s, Dan. You stupid motherfucker. I grew up in Mount Vernon, Washington in the 1970s. Your life may have been, I don't know, Fort Apache, the Bronx, but guess what? Mount Vernon wasn't fucked until you guys started showing up in the 80s, you fuck. So take your deep state globalist ass-white bullshit and flush it down the fucking toilet. It's not going to be like the 1970s, Boomer. But I don't think he really believed that. We're, We're getting to that. This dude, the dude in Vegas, the dude that hired me, we're getting to who I think he really was and who he is. He had a random friend. This anarchist had a random deep state friend that worked for a deep state military industrial complex company. I met him one day because I mentioned that I think there's some strange shit happening in the skies. I didn't even specifically say anything. And then this scumbag, this person, this Techno wizard who says go grab a computer from the fucking closet. This guy mentions chemtrails. Keep in mind the immediate thing one of these manipulators will go to is chemtrails. They won't say geoengineering. They won't say weather control. They'll say chemtrails, Dan. But yeah, this random, this ran, this anarchist dude in Vegas claimed so with so much certainty. This anarchist dude um, had a friend who worked in the military-industrial complex. And this friend was also a pilot who said, I can verify and tell you right now, Dan, that it's impossible for them to spray in the sky. So five minutes later into this conversation, I say, well, you were in Vietnam, right? He said, yeah, yeah, I was in Vietnam. Do you remember Operation Popeye? Do you remember Operation Popeye? I didn't say, you nasty old boomer fuck, I should have, but do you remember Operation Popeye? And his eyes glazed over, and he he almost took on the general aspect of the two heating-cooling repairmen from the movie Brazil when they were asked to show their D-Stroke-Z paperwork. He started shaking almost, and he said, I didn't know. I don't know about Operation Popeye. And then I met him a few days later and said, oh, I looked it up. I looked it up on the web. Folks, here's a guy that worked for a deep state company connected to the National Weather Service. Here's a guy who claims to be a pilot of Vietnam Vet. He knows everything about chemtrails being bullshit, but he's never heard of Operation Popeye. So why don't we read about Operation fucking Popeye? Let's do that. Operation Popeye was a controlled weather program, a military cloud seeding project carried out by the U.S. Air Force. By the way, this piece of shit was U.S. Air Force during the Vietnam War 1967 to 1972. The highly classified program attempted to extend the monsoon season over specific areas of the Ho Chi Minh Trail in order to disrupt the North Vietnamese military supplies by softening road surfaces and causing landslides. So here's the deal. I don't want to I'm not gonna read any more of this. You can read more about Operation Fucking Popeye on your own. I first learned about it when I was a teenager. Okay? I was watching a documentary, I think it was called the 10,000 Day War, and I believe the subject came up. So that was the 1980s Bob Limp talk. That was a second ago. This piece of shit, he would have been, I don't know, making his missiles and his bombs at the fucking bomb factory and, you know, doing cocaine and fucking his herpes-ridden hookers back then, I think. Don't you? Don't you? So, maybe he didn't know about Operation Popeye, but it was weird that he was so certain uh, geoengineering was bullshit and he didn't know about one of these significant programs for geoengineering during the Vietnam War that he participated in and was Air Force. And this guy's a friend of an anarchist. That was a red flag, I'll tell you. There were lots of red flags going on in Vegas, but I was really depressed in that exposure of sunlight and crazy and probably vaporized cocaine and gasoline. It acted like a kind of existential speed. It didn't really c- cure the depression, but it sort of sped things up and made it seem like everything's more frantic and exciting. Yeah. A- a- an anarchist with a friend that worked in the deep state. That makes so much fucking sense. Yep. Uh, The office in Vegas. It had no real security. It almost had the sense that nobody cared if somebody came by and ripped everything off. It had the feeling of improv. I don't know if you've ever done improv or seen improv, but if you've seen it, you kind of like recognize it. The whole thing looked improv. The whole thing looked made up. The phone calls sounded made up. The people seemed made up. I'm not saying they weren't real people. It's just that their, you know, their so-called agendas weren't what, you know, they seemed to be. That's a nice way of putting it. It looked like they were constantly just moving in. Like they'd never really settled there and maybe they hadn't been there that long. I don't know. They may have told me that, but that doesn't really change things. If you're doing stuff like a sting-type, you know, grift operation, you're going to have to tell people, oh, we just set up, oh, the paint's still drying. That doesn't tell you for certain that it's what you think it could be, but it does tell you what it's not. It's not a company that's been there for ages. Let me tell you something else, too. This this, This dude knows, this dude knew a year ago, that I needed him to rent me a fucking room. I told him everything about, I have multiple emails that I could actually post, I'm not gonna, where I tell him, you know, you're gonna have to help me rent a room if you want me to work for you. So he knew that one of the conditions of me working for him was him getting me a fucking room in Vegas. And I made adjustments to what he was gonna pay me. I said, you can pay me less, just get me the fucking room. Now, keep in mind, I was built up to believe by another dude that this Vegas dude had all kinds of connections and was really successful, really smart, street smart, okay, street smart. He's been through the ringer. He'd been through the ringer. He'd been threatened by the man. Again, when you're sheep dipping people, you got to make sure they've been threatened by the man. That's part of it. Um, he told me all the stuff, but the guy couldn't rent a room in Vegas, Okay, that's, that's kind of weird. I mean, for all the bullshit about his connectedness and he can fly to Dubai and no problem there, right? I mean, no problem getting to Dubai for the guy with a friend who's an anarchist, but friend, yeah, deep state missile dude. But he couldn't rent a room in Vegas. And why couldn't he rent a room in Vegas. Because he didn't have enough debt, enough credit debt. Yeah. Almost immediately after the project began, he went to, he went to Dubai. And I, I don't know. You know, again, that by itself doesn't indicate anything, but it certainly does say he's in the world of people who are going to Dubai during the great monkey herpes pandemic. He also believed the pandemic was real, okay? He didn't believe the squiggly marks in the sky. Oh, Dan, that's just contrails, just new kinds of clouds. Um, He doesn't believe in God. He believes the U.S. dollar is going to be here forever. Yeah, he had a lot of strange, strange fucking beliefs, this dude. None of which added up. And again, if you think of it in terms of neuro-linguistic programming and military psychological warfare, it makes more sense. It doesn't make sense as some successful connected dude who can't rent a room in Vegas because he doesn't have enough debt. That didn't make any fucking sense at all. It made zero fucking sense. But if it was part of the reality of a constantly changing improv scheme, mindfuck, made perfect sense, really, in retrospect when you're not quite as depressed. (sighs) I had to stay with this other dude um, for two weeks, one of the employees of Vegas dude. And this other dude, I can only describe staying with him as horrible. It was so fucking horrible, I had to be gone after two weeks. I can tolerate a lot of shit. I lived in a wall once brothers and sisters I know that sounds crazy but I did technically I lived in a wall I've lived under stairs I've slept in an M1 Abrams I've had to be in uncomfortable places and I can deal with it. it's no big fucking deal but this wasn't that this was a creepy dude who had a lot of creepy theories like I apologized to him once and he got angry which was weird and then twice I apologized and he said I don't want you to say I'm sorry I want you to say, I'm Dan. Now again, when I think about the Goat King and the the LSD witch trials of 2017, it makes more sense. It doesn't make sense as normal, but it makes sense as abnormal. Don't say you're sorry, say you're Dan. Ask me after that how much I wanted to talk to this fuck. I didn't. I would go to the fucking room, close the fucking door, and try to put myself into a, you know, a disconnected mental state. To my own fucking credit, I may suck at everything, but when it comes to be able to disconnect my mind from my body and go places, I'm pretty fucking good, and I don't even need drugs. Didn't when I was a little kid? Don't need them now. They help, but they're not necessary. So I went to a little magical place in my head to escape this creepy guy's bullshit. So after, you know, barely two weeks, he is the one that drives me back to Utah. After 12 hours of waiting, imagine you're getting ready to go someplace. Okay, you're ready to go. This motherfucker tells you to be ready to go. But then you end up waiting 12 hours. Like you're going to leave at 9 p.m. But you don't end up leaving until 9 a.m. And he is there playing his fucking wretched guitar, spouting his wretched bullshit, and a lot of weird bullshit. And then finally you leave. And then on your way, he figures out he needs urea for his diesel Volkswagen fuckwagon. And that's great, but he doesn't understand Walmart concepts. Because he has to like double the trip time to find a Walmart. Motherfuckers, you can throw a fucking rock in 2022 Bo Talk, and still hit a fucking Walmart, you fuck. But he had to go on a fantastical journey to the hinterlands of Utah because he couldn't find a fucking Walmart. It was weird. It doesn't prove anything by itself, but it was weird. He busted up my keyboard in that Walmart parking lot, Being a completely giant douchebag, the same type of douchebag who said, I don't like trauma, drama. I don't like drama. You know what's funny? Both those motherfuckers said they don't like drama. And yet, they were nothing but drama. The dude in Vegas basically recommended this other guy as being really smart. The problem is this guy he recommends is 300% drama, yeah, yeah. I'm playing the multiverse game there. At least three universes, this guy is drama. But the point is, he says, oh, this guy's so smart. He's so brilliant. He hates... The dude in Vegas hates drama, but he recommends a drama queen. That's interesting, isn't it, motherfucker? So, yeah, the dude that drives me back to Utah... Um He busted up my keyboard, never paid me for it. Yeah, to him it might have been nothing, maybe. But it's a kind of a shitty thing to do if you're like all conscientious and shit. Like he had this whole message of how fucking conscientious he was. And yet, you know, he busts up my fucking keyboard in that parking lot and says, oh, I'm sorry. Doesn't say anything else. Doesn't offer to fucking pay for it. You know. And these guys are successful. According to my friend who's so brilliant... And, yeah, he's a drama queen, literally and figuratively, and, you know, yeah. But, you know, the guys got so much money, but they can't pay 30 bucks to replace a USB keyboard and mouse. That's kind of weird, you know, weird. By itself, it proves nothing. But it's weird. It's weird. The dude hated drama. Almost immediately into the project, I got severely depressed. In fact, when I was in Vegas, I told them I suffer from depression. And if I do have an episode, I will reduce my billing, which is exactly what I fucking did, okay? Um, I got depressed. I was depressed in May and June, the first two months of the project. Still pretty depressed in July. This guy's in Dubai and I'm talking to him more or less once a week, but he must understand as I tell him, you know, I'm kind of depressed within the first billing cycle, I reduce my billing by 50%, these are all obvious signals of everything to include fucking drama. And the motherfucker who hates drama, who hates drama, he should have fucking ended the project in July. That would have been the rational move for the super intelligent technology guy who's so fucking successful and hates fucking drama. But he didn't. It's weird. By itself, it proves nothing, but it's very strange. It's almost like somebody wanted me to waste six or seven months last year for 14,000 bucks. Immediately I told the dude I was suffering from a severe episode of depression pretty much immediately I reduced my billing. I gave every fucking they're called signals that I wasn't that interested in this project You know with respect to my depression and ultimately I didn't know when that would change and His basic answer was he didn't care. He wasn't worried about it. This motherfucker wasn't worried about it Which is really funny because towards the end November Of 2021, I was making progress and we were probably just a few weeks away from basically doing some demos and doing some testing and training. And at that very moment is when the weird dude from Vegas ends the project. It's weird. It doesn't by itself prove anything, but it's weird. Okay. And let's talk about money for a second. He got something that works, something that functions, something that had what he wanted in it and was ready to demo. And he paid me roughly 14000 bucks. Now, again, folks, I don't know how to put this. Money ain't what it used to be. So you can't just say, well, that sounds cheap, but is it? It's really fucking cheap. So fucking cheap that the guy should have been fucking thankful that I was able to do in six months, which I originally said, in my first fucking estimate, would take nine. Let's talk about that, too. My first estimate, I said nine months to prototype. And then in Vegas, he convinced me, oh, but you can get it done in two months. How did he convince me? I was fucking depressed. Two months. Nine months to two months. That's a significant change in the timeline, I'd say. And a an rational person would say, Dan, why are you agreeing to this? A rational project manager would think about that and say, this is weird. Originally, you said nine. Now you're agreeing to two. The reality is I shouldn't have agreed to two, but I was that depressed and I needed the fucking money. That's the reality. That's why I worked at Microsoft. And, and worked at that wretched place as an orange badge because I needed the money. They were gross people. Microsoft people were gross, disgusting people for the most part. Some of the other contractors were okay, but most of the blue badges were pieces of shit. I worked there because I needed the fucking money. I did this fucking job for the money. I was a hooker. I was hooking. But hooking doesn't always turn out so good, especially in a wretched tyranny hooking can end up with a cop beating you to death. This anarchist loved Amazon, loved Microsoft, loved the US dollar, had a good friend who was a deep state weapons person and was also in the Vietnam War and knew for a fact that whatever we were seeing in the skies was contrails. He emphasized over and over again, and this is really critical, That the dude that recommended me for the job was the smartest person he ever ever met. Understand this. This Vegas dude would go down a list of people he'd met. All these really brilliant people. And he'd do a good job of reminding me how fucking smart he was. Also, he said he was going to live to be at least 200 years old. Which, I, I don't know. I mean, that's not quite as dumb as what Ray Kurzweil says, but it's pretty fucking stupid in 2021 Boblimp talk as a boomer to be talking to people who don't even have money to buy new clothes this year, last year, the year before, about how you're going to live to be 200 years old. Before we move on, let me put 14,000 bucks over six months in perspective, okay? Because you can actually make that in a lot of just ordinary shitty jobs now. $14,000 14,000 bucks over 6 months. Let's think about that. In the late 90s, I had a brother-in-law, he's still my brother-in-law, I wouldn't call us friends. He was a Java programmer in Washington state, and in nominal terms, okay, which means numbers in the 1990s, he was making 80,000, 90,000 bucks a year. That was in the late 90s. I am hard pressed to find a nominal job that makes me 80 or 90k today. But in real terms, even if I was making 90k, it would be more like making 60k in 1998. Do you fucking understand what I'm saying? So if you want to understand how cheap ass fucking cheap 14 grand is for any kind of software, you need to put it in fucking perspective. Okay, that would be like being paid probably six, seven, maybe 8k for six months' work in the late 90s, while other people are making, you know, pretty much five, six, seven times that amount. That would, you know, you'd have to be a pretty low-rent code monkey, or really depressed, right? You ever see the movie The Iger Sanction? He looked like the character Dragon, who lived deep down inside that fucking bunker. He had the weird pigmentation issues. Severe vitamin D deficiency. If you want to have a sense of what the Vegas dude looked like, the dude I barely met in Vegas because he went to Dubai very soon. And I don't know, maybe he's back now, right? From Dubai. He looked a lot like the character Dragon, played by, I believe, Thayer David. He looked a lot like the the character Dragon from the film The Iger Sanction. And if you're a fan of Clint Eastwood, you may have seen that movie. Now that by itself is nothing. In fact, it's almost just pure ad hominem. But I mention this because... I am coming to the belief that this was also another kind of bullshit event. Does not imply that I am a targeted individual. Doesn't imply I'm special. It it, it probably implies there are a lot of grifters and creepy people out there right now. And, And that includes a lot of you crypto fucks. A lot of creepy, creepy grifter motherfuckers out there on the fringes. Best case scenario, that's what this is. It's a lot of grifter bullshit. Worst case scenario, this dude's CIA. I mean, I've met a few intelligence people over the years. I've met some people that were CIA. I've met people who are DIA. I've met people who are U.S. Army military intelligence. It was a long time ago, but I've met them. And I'll tell you a conclusion I came to. Number one, and I've said this before, the people in intelligence I met who weren't total pieces of shit tended to be alcoholics. Interesting, important point, you know. This guy was not a drinker. He was not a drinker. He was almost, you know, a Mormon that way. He didn't really drink much, you know. Not when I noticed. He seemed like the other kind. Like, almost immediately when I was there, when my brain started processing things in that crooked kind of mindscape of staying at that dude's place where he was all about you know trying to create peace but really what he did is created a sense of terror um the thing that occurred to me almost immediately is this guy seems like he's intelligence i mean he seems like he's cia he does not seem like an anarchist he doesn't seem like a vonu he doesn't seem like an international traveler he seems really fucking deep state And I'm not going to give you his name. You you could figure it out if you wanted to. I don't really give a fuck at this point. The whole event was weird. The period of time was weird. The fact that he claimed things like, I don't like drama, and yet the entire thing seemed to be a never-ending drama situation. As much as I tried to telegraph to this motherfucker that I really wasn't interested in the autopsy of the U.S. economy at the end, he just didn't get it. Which means, again, either he's a collection of contradictions which means he's just a big fucking idiot or he had a purpose to all this you see this leads me back to the point though i don't really give a fuck if the goat king uh is connected or not i don't give a fuck if the the lsd witch lsd witch trials of ohio was a thing i don't give a fuck if the vegas thing was a thing whether it was a planned thing that they do they fuck with people they do it I don't really care. What I do know is that they could all just be fucking grifters and it ends up in the same fucking box. Grifters. Con artists. You have a choice between the East German, rinky-dink, low-rent, spy-on-your-fucking-neighbor piece of shit, column A, column B is their grifters and con artists, and column C is something worse. But in every case, it's still just a piece of shit. In every case, it's the same fucking thing. I'm unpacking this because I didn't do this after The Goat King properly. I'm unpacking this because I really didn't have anyone I could talk to about what happened in 2017. When I started doing this podcast again, and keep in mind, this has been an ongoing experiment since the year 2013... (laughs) And yeah, I've had a few goat kings along the way. When I started getting into this again in 2018, I started meeting other people. And immediately I was trying to be careful. And then I made the mistake in 2020 of going back on Twitter. And that's when the other kinds of people entered my life again. The grifters, the con artists, the Twitter nurses go on the respirator, a lot of creepy people to include people I hadn't spoken to in a couple years because of what happened in 2017. I need to unpack this because I need whoever's listening to understand something and it's not very complicated so your brain might be able to process it despite the fact that you work for the government. I'm a Christian. Yeah, you can make my life annoying. You can throw a person like me in jail. You could even kill me. You, go, you guys have killed a lot of people with the snuff-lick psyop. So you could definitely kill me. But that's pretty much it. You can torture, you can kill, you can rape, you can imprison. You can't do anything about my mind. You can kill my brain and my soul will go to heaven, but my mind has always been in my possession, always. Even at my worst moments, when I was my most depressed, sitting across from you, you Vegas piece of shit, at that Mexican restaurant, my mind was there. There's a term in Russian called mascarovka. It's military science. It also has a similar concept in Western military science called operational deception. I didn't even know it, but when I was a little kid, I started practicing it. This general notion of you don't really want people to know what's going on in your head. You keep it from them. If you don't trust them, right? I never trusted this dude. If I trusted him, he would have known things of more interest, but I never did. He never really made sense to me. If I put together all the pieces, it seemed impossible. An impossible anarchist with impossible situations of friendship, all absurd and ridiculous. But if you look at it from the angle of fucking with people, it makes perfect sense. And it doesn't matter if the agency of fuckery is the devil or the CIA, pretty much the same thing. I mean, like I said, you know, this is the guy who would ridicule people who believe in God but then would claim the U.S. dollar will always be there. this This is a guy who believes he'll live to be 200 years old, but again, will make fun of you if you mention Jesus. So it might not be as simple as, this guy is CIA. He could have also just been a fucking demon. But it also implies that the person that told me the other day that Jesus Christ fulfilled all the end times prophecy while he was alive, it also implies that the person who told me this the other day and was recommended as the smartest person the vaguest douche ever knew, would also be a demon. That's really the worst case scenario, that he would be a demon. Not that he's a fed, not that he's CIA, but he's just an evil motherfucker involved in an evil campaign of deception. I needed to unpack this, brothers and sisters, because I have to be able to get through it somehow. I needed to unpack it because this isn't the news that will ever get reported. Right now, across this country, there are probably millions of Americans being fucked with by the U.S. government. I've recommended this movie before if you've never seen it. It's called Mirage Men. It's a documentary. I highly recommend it. If you you know, are into UFOs and aliens, you might get pissed off afterwards. I hope you do. I hope you get pissed off and I hope you do some fucking research. But the fact is, our government has a history of fucking with people. Our government has a history of poisoning people. Not just one or two people, but hundreds of thousands of people. During the Cold War, our government poisoned Americans with radiological materials. That's radioactive. That means causes cancer. The government estimate is half a million. I would say if the government says half a million and it's a number they want low, multiply it by 10 and then maybe you end up with the right fucking number. So the question is, does our government have a history of manipulating people, poisoning people, attacking their own people, torturing their own citizens? The answer is yes, yes, yes. You remember the article I read you about the orphans in Denmark the CIA has done shit that, the, that would probably make the Nazis blush. So please stop with any crooked position. Our government would never do this. You know, if you want to live in that place, live in that place. But do not complain when the day comes and you find out that these grifters, these motherfuckers, haven't just tortured and murdered and killed, but they have completely vanished. And that's the real truth. They're gone. They're over. Their world is over. Every time I hear a motherfucker talk about America, America's like Germany in 1933. We've been there, done that. We've been there, done that many times over. Do some fucking research, okay? No, this is not Germany 1933. This is Germany, but it's Berlin, April 1945. This is April. This is Berlin 1945. That is the situation for the US deep state. That is today. They would love you to believe with all their Quaker gun bullshit that they're super powerful. But like that Twilight Zone episode with the giant inflatable, you know, alien, it's a lot of hot air bullshit. Take out your 357 magnum, shoot that fucking balloon and watch the air flow out. Maybe it was a thirty-eight revolver, probably. They're done. This is the kind of rinky-dink, low-rent bullshit that happens at the end of Empire. At the end of Empire, the Empire turns on its Imperial citizens. It attacks itself. It is not just Ouroboros, but it's really just a bunch of parasites feeding on each other's feces. It's over. They would love you to believe they have all the power to put you in FEMA camps. They would love you to believe they got a plan to kill you all with 12 billion bullets. They would love you to believe that they're going to poison you with magical mosquitoes and magical vaccines. But the reality is these guys are grifter pieces of shit. They're sociopathic grifter pieces of shit all the way up and down the chain. I don't care if you're talking about Wall Street. I don't care if you're talking about Washington, D.C. These are grifter parasites. They don't really even understand how it is their existence is determined by the very thing they destroy. They don't care. And in that sense, they're malignant, right? They're not benign. But like every malignant parasite, it doesn't care that it, it's going to kill the host. It just doesn't fucking care. That's not even a conceptionist brain framework. A hard time talking about this. Like I said, only in the last couple years have I made some friends I could talk to about this. I've got a good friend in Seattle. I have a good friend in Florida. I have a bunch of other potentially good friends I've never met in person. And yeah, I'm a bit paranoid about people I've never met in person. I have an awesome friend here in Utah, um, who I could not possibly believe has any other purpose but to be a really cool dude. And in that sense, the last, if you want to know something else too, I haven't had this much uninterrupted peace. And I know from listening to my podcast, you probably get the wrong idea. I haven't had this much uninterrupted peace. Almost, yeah, a year's worth pretty much. Other than the the bullshit with the Vegas dude, which is interesting too. I haven't had this much peace in decades. I mean, I'm old enough now I can say decades. I haven't had this much, I never had this much peace in my marriage, okay? I never had this much just unconditional love in in my marriage that I have here. And I don't mean sexual love. I mean the kind of love that is the love that Jesus Christ recommends. I don't know that anybody in this household would call themselves a Christian except for me. But what I am clear on, what I understand after a year here, is that these are really good people. And that where I'm at in Utah, yeah, I know a lot of Mormons. I'm not a Mormon. But a lot of people who seem to be closer to the earth than to the sun. And I don't mean the son of God. I mean to the burning fire. They're closer to the ground. They're closer to reality. They're not hovering someplace in a fantasy world. And and because their fantasy worlds don't work out, they're not constantly taking out their issues on other people. For the most part, this is the kind of place that I think has a really good chance of surviving what's coming. A lot of other places, man, I don't know. If you're spending any time on grifter bullshit at this point, you are doing the wrong thing. You're not getting ready, you're not getting settled, you're not building out a tribe, you're just involved in grifter bullshit. And if you're somebody who's been taken advantage of, like a confidential informant, if you're some sort of criminal that's under pressure to manipulate other people, you need to ask yourself, how is that gonna pay off for you when the lights go out? You see, it would have been easier if any of these situations had killed me. Easier for everyone involved, probably even me, really. But they didn't. And as I've said in the past, the first step to learning is don't fucking die. Don't die. You know, when it comes to the Ecclesiastes world on earth here, a good advice plan for learning is don't fucking die. Don't die. I didn't. I thought about it. I thought about it multiple times. I thought about hoping that we'd just have a heart attack because the situations were that, well, crummy. And as I've said, and this is where I got to take my own painful pill, and this is really important too, brothers and sisters. I beat up on people in part because they let themselves get taken advantage of. I let myself get taken advantage of. And so, you know, arguably I, I shouldn't be alive. These things should have destroyed me, but they did not. And as far as being taken advantage of, I am doing the best I can to not allow that any longer. It's not just about money, brothers and sisters. There are many ways in which people that you think you can trust can take advantage of you. Sometimes it's emotional, psychological. Sometimes it's about money. I think we're almost beyond all that now. I used a lot of vague language in this podcast because I don't know if I'm certain yet about what I've seen. But I know that the level of contradiction in this particular nexus disturbs me. There is something fundamentally conceited about believing that you're a victim of agencies beyond your control. It's not just a question of paranoia it, it, you know my ex wife called it negative ego inflation. I don't think she meant this exactly, but she would describe it as a kind of like, well, Dan, your self-esteem is so bad, you must have the world's biggest ego. I have no idea what kind of wretched fucking psychoanalysis she was getting towards the end, but at least she got the good advice for, of dumping me, you know. Maybe it didn't work out for her, but I'm not dead yet, so I guess you could say it worked out for me. You could say that. No, this isn't negative ego inflation. This is a kind of paranoia and conceit. And I don't believe I'm special. And it's not because I have negative ego inflation. I just pretty much don't think I am. And as far as the evidence goes, the only evidence I have is every time I've had a podcast account get to what would be roughly called... 250 followers, that's when all the shit hits the fan. That's when, you know, like when I was on SoundCloud, that's when accounts get deleted. That's when people's likes get removed. That's when all the trolls who are only out there to disturb you show up right around 200 to 250 followers. I don't care if it's Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Minds, I can go down the list of ghettos, digital ghettos I've visited, digital FEMA camps in recent years, and the answer's always the fucking same. Now, one possibility is I'm a shithead and nobody would want to hear me. And guess what? That could be the case. It could also be the case that there just isn't going to be that. It isn't going to be allowed. It doesn't matter whether or not I'm interesting or funny. It's not about me. It's about the fact that there's a narrative. Right now, there's a narrative. The narrative involves monkey herpes and Russia and race war and the continued recognition of the super powerful system led over by Joseph Biden and the deep state. They need you to believe in the reset. They need you to believe that they're capable of doing things they can. not Let me repeat again. If you're a fucking anarchist and you claim to believe in freedom, what the fuck is your empirical basis for it? Because any anarchist who tells me that the US dollar's never going away and the US government deep stay, hey, let's talk to my Vietnam weapons bomb friend buddy. Any anarchist who takes the position that the government cannot fail has some serious cognitive issues going on, serious logical issues. Their shit makes no fucking sense. Government throughout history has been designed to fucking fail. Like, it's, it's never, it's like any other grift. Eventually, and the people involved know this, it's going to fall apart. Yeah, they don't talk about it publicly. The historians don't tend to write this shit down for reasons that should be fucking obvious. But yeah, government's designed to fail. If you're an anarchist and you don't understand that, what the fuck is wrong with your brain? That is my fucking question. And furthermore, if you're an anarchist in 2022 and you're pushing cryptos, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're pushing something that in so many ways is opposed to freedom. It's another type of neo-Stalinist grift. What the fuck is wrong with you? Nobody's got any money, fucker. If you're grifting people for magical schemes to protect their wealth after they're dead, after their parents are dead so there's a magical puzzle someone has to solve, do you intend to set it up like Raiders of the Lost Ark, powered by a stone on a rope? Because when the power goes out, those digital assets will be worthless. And if the digital asset is an Ethereum contract that tells you you own a piece of property someplace and so 10 or 15 years from now you cobble out of the fucking ruins some fucking terminal to access it, holy shit I knew the secret and here's the property. I hate to fucking break it to you. One of two things will be true. Either there'll be squatters there already and when you show up, you're going to be on the fucking menu, A, or B, it'll be a wasteland, a garbage dump, a giant fucking landfill. So go ahead and keep grifting people, but why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah, Mr. Trauma Drama recommended the smartest person in his life who multiple times had used his threats of hurting himself, harming himself as manipulation. You see, the Vegas dude was so full of shit that it took a middle-aged depressed man to put up with him just for a couple of weeks. So full of shit. So maybe he wasn't CIA. Maybe he wasn't Intel. Maybe he is, was just a piece of shit. I don't know. I do know that time of consequences is near. So this is a shout out to all you out there. And now you can call me a grifter if you, if you want to. As I end this podcast, if you want to donate to this podcast, you can. Um, there'll be a donation link in the notes. But please don't if you don't have the money. If you haven't taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, if you haven't tried to build up food for yourself and your dog or cat or parrot, you know, if you're someone who's going to keep a pet, don't be a dick. Don't just think about your food requirements if there's no food for a year. You need to think about your pets too. Or you need to accept the fact that you or someone else is going to eat your pet at some point. I'm sorry, okay? If you care about your dog, you need to fucking think about this right now. A lot of you folks don't care about shit, but you care about your fucking dog. Well, understand that dogs are not going to live on rice and beans very well, okay? For very long. So, please. If you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter for you and the people you love for at least six months, I'd say a year, and you've taken care of your dog and you've taken care of the things you need to and you've helped the people in your life and you still have one or two bucks left over, you can donate to this wretched podcast and you can pretend you're you're, you're involved in a grift because I'm grifting you by telling you the fucking truth. That if you don't have the money, you shouldn't fucking give it to me. Have a great fucking Sunday.